Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Hey everybody, what's going on? Uh, it's me, Cannabis Industry Lawyer Tom Howard. We have a big show today, a uh, whole bunch of cannabis legalization news. Amazing things that have happened in the past week. You're not even going to believe it. It's, it's April 2022. Uh, so much cannabis is in the news. But of course, it's for 18 plus, uh, as we are discussing, something that to get into the industry, you need to be 21. To get into the dispensary, you need to be 21. So let's do it. What's up, dude? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. It's how you can tell it's a Wednesday. You're tuning into Cannabis Legalization News. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, don't forget to hit them likes and subscribe. Uh, the only way that we can really get out is if you tag people and like, you know, ask them to come on the show. Uh, we do our guests on Wednesday. Uh, no, no. Today's Sundays. Wednesday. We do the news. Sundays, we do the guests. <laughs> we have uh, new updates on CannabisLegalizationNews.com that you can check out about uh, if you do want to actually come on the show. Uh, we really appreciate all that. And the lead story for today, New Mexico. New Mexico. New Mexico is so hot right now. Opening weekend in New Mexico uh, only sees how many millions? 4.5 millions of cannabis sold in New Mexico uh, during the state's opening weekend. Rumor on the street has it that a lot of that is from Texas. Mm. <laughs> Texas, nearly 70% of the sales uh, figures were from recreational sales, according to the Cannabis Control Division. That's awesome. And then at least, uh, all at least doubled their business. And we even had one of our stores to 10 times do what they normally do in a day on Friday. That's great. Of course they did. I mean, now it's recreational. I mean, that's the whole pretense to like legalization, right? Now you just go to the store. You don't have right, to but, go through hurdles. Yeah. 35 legacy operators in the state. And regulators have issued more than 230 new industry business licenses so far. And we can help you out on that. I mean, there are actually regulations in effect in New Mexico. It's not you just apply and get a license. You know, you need to have waste and there's licenses stuff. And then you have to have security, uh, transportation of cannabis, recall of cannabis. They have regulations. It's just that this is only 43 pages of regulations. Here's your security regulation. It starts right there and it's over in how many pages? Uh, uh, one and a half pages. And then there's your lighting regulation right there. So there are regulations your uh, configuration is going to have to comply with, but it's fairly straightforward. And we have a new plan for you over at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. The New Mexico Cannabis License Package. If it's a single member LLC, that's three large. If it's a multi-member, then we do five. But uh, I'm stoked on, on New Mexico. It seems like a great launch to uh, a state. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think it's great that all these southern states, you know, and if Texas turns purple with Beto, you know, then, man, that could just. Well, I really like the pivot away from the limited market states like you've seen uh, out on the East Coast and then also in Illinois or in uh, Missouri or Arkansas. And Georgia is a terrible example of a limited market state for medical. And uh, then Florida is a terrible example of a limited market state as well. But this opening of uh, markets in, in the South and then hopefully coming online in Mississippi, I hope more and more states are looking at what uh, New Mexico is going to do and how many small entrepreneurial businesses could be opened. You know, start with a large number. Everybody knows that consolidation 
happens in um, over time in a, in a market. Yeah. So start with a lot of small producers and then let them all consolidate over the next 20 years. Dude, I don't, I don't know if you saw my post, but I just uh, I visited one of the last uh, uh, medical uh, markets uh, the other day and uh, um, talking to the guy because like I was just thinking, man, it, it was pretty awesome. Like it's still where you can buy clones. I can buy plants. Tall right. four footers are selling for almost like 100. Wow, and then, that's uh, like basically ready to flip. So you're talking yeah. about like four foot vegged out. That's good. Well, they didn't have, yeah, nice. they didn't have buds yet, but they were just nice and healthy, you know, tall boys mm -hmm. waiting. And then uh, uh, they had little ones, clones. Uh, but uh, my point being was, is like, so, you know, in, in early Washington state, it was fair. It was a capitalist market, right? It was mm -hmm. a, what a fair market should be. And then of course, uh, recreational happened, but to see that competition and, and that quality of cannabis, like to, to have some again that I tried the other day, there is a big difference still. Like what I paid for 174 an ounce, uh, you know, or would have paid, uh, probably would have gone for like 230 in recreation wow. just because of taxes, you know? And so yeah. it's not a fair structure, but yet still, if we can just have that openness about it, like, you know, true capitalism prevail where it's not monopolized. Yeah. Know, the, That's the, real social. Like, like everybody yeah, who does yeah. an application in New Mexico, you need a social and economic equity plan. Uh, everybody needs it and everybody can get a license and anybody like at the, you don't just need $9 million like you need for the smallest cultivation license in the state of Illinois. You know, you can get open and do 200 plants. It was a 100 plant license, but they doubled it because of the demand that they have. And if you guys are, are all about New Mexico, do visit us over at facebook.com backslash free THC. Uh, we have hundreds of thousands of people that, that follow that. We're actually broadcasting live on it right now. So thumbs up if you're checking us out on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's really, like, you know, I'm impressed by this state, you know, by New oh, Mexico. Yeah. Wait, what, what was it? Fifteen million in one day? Like no, I mean, it was five. It was about four and a half, five million. Okay. But it's yeah. it, the stores aren't open yet. Like you know, a lot of licenses have been issued. There's not that many actual providers that were already ready to go when it went from medical to recreational. I just thirty-five is what the the mm. story said. So as a result, you know, that's just opening weekend. I think that this will be. You know, there's already two hundred thirty new licenses hit. And those are going to start getting open, unlike the 185 dispensary licenses in Illinois that are just stuck in court. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I just, I, you know, when they say regulate cannabis like alcohol, what they mean is pretty much like how many licenses they, 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 they limit per alcohol. Right. You know, there's a fair right. market out there. And yeah, eventually there is like this alcohol mafia. Right. Anheuser-Busch. They have distributions throughout whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh I think that the, the fair competition is still out there for, for alcohol. Why can't it be for cannabis, which, you know, it's not like, like homegrown, man. Homegrowers don't ruin, like, they're not going to take out the dispensaries. Just like home brew hasn't taken out bars and big beer. Right. <laughs> and they aren't going to. It's yeah. different lanes. It's a different product. It's going to be a different license. Your retail license, like when you're at a ball game or when you go to Walgreens uh, to buy that type of retail is different than your liquor license. If you are opening up a bar, where you are going to have live service of the, uh, you know, alcohol. But, you know, it's it's great news. And, you know, let's let's move on to the next one. We do have uh, sure. some some stocks in the news. Bright Green Corp, a cannabis company that the DEA is allowing to grow for research purposes, is going to list on the QQQs, which is actually uh, just the NASDAQ. The QQQs is an ETF based off the NASDAQ. Let's uh, let's conference Miggy on this because it's a pretty cool uh, story for stocks this week. Miggy, what do you good. think about uh, Bright Green Corp going to trade on the NASDAQ and a direct listing of its shares? I mean, I think it's neat and all. I mean, this is kind of big money not my business type stuff. Like, you know, I, I, I think it'd be cool if like little guys had a chance. I mean, it's just another case of like a true leave or a Cresco, you know, Hey, so you mean, you're not a $630 million valuation of a company. And then, and again, for the research shit, there's a whole college out there that's been doing it. You know, Mississippi has been doing it for 
what the inception got the license i mean like i think that's interesting that if you get permission from the feds to break their law it's okay with the sec if you list on an exchange you know <laughs> that's true though man Conditional approval from the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration to produce federally legal cannabis on Tuesday plans to file its listing on the NASDAQ under ticker symbol BGXX. Big X. Oh, boy. Do you think, though, I mean, because it's going to be research-based, so I just don't, I mean, it's going to be a medicinal company that's going to try and probably patent cannabinoids or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. you know, are you, are you? Are you going to invest in cannabis extractions or are you going to actually invest in cannabis to companies like an actual true lever, you know, Cresco? Because, you know, what's uh, the other company? Will, yeah, yeah, they want they want the uh, uh, what do they call it? The supply chain. They want the pipes. They want to be able to have all this stuff. That's what they want. I mean, like, look at that. They're 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 425 stockholders so far when this thing went public. Damn, all on that it? cap table. Yep, all on that cap table. 157.6 million shares. After that, that first day, those 425 people are going to be carving up a pie of 630 million dollars. Granted, they're going to be on uh, restrictions. They just can't like immediately liquidate their positions. But I mean, that's dang. definitely a lottery lottery ticket, right? Because like. They got a monopoly too. If you think about how many other companies have been approved for research, not many. Uh, that's the first one that I've heard of. Only one. <laughs> yeah, and traces its roots to April of 2019, where it was incorporated in Delaware, where many LLCs go to get born. By the way, uh, not just LLCs. This is a Delaware C corp, and then that means that later on it might get acquired in a, uh, in a stock merger, and so they might take stock in a different company like a Cresco or something for an exit for a few billion bucks. But uh, it's only it was only incorporated in April of 2019, and it agreed to acquire wow. 110 acres and two parcels and a completed greenhouses in Grants, New Mexico, in late 2020, and another option to buy. 510 acres in grants for five grand an acre, about 2.6 million. That is a 22 acre greenhouse. And for everybody who's following along at home, an acre, of course, is 43,560 square feet. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on the materials for uh, Friday's uh, webinar. Don't forget to tune in Friday. We're going to be talking about uh, New York cannabis licenses and how to get one of those. Neat. Well, yeah, but again, I mean, you would have to know those numbers because you're actually going through that. Uh, mm-hmm. Going through the regs. Well, they're, yes. they're, they're proto regs. It's like an application before regs. It's it's just so strange. I'm not used to this. It's just sad, though. I think, you know, we can. I mean, this obviously, I mean, it's good for you. It gives you a job and employment because that's how yeah. these yeah. transactions are being happening uh, with lawyers. Right. But oh, I wonder. Yeah, I will guarantee you lawyers were involved. Lawyers yeah. that have financial capacity, corporate skills. There's also uh, opinions regarding valuations of the um, stock and the operations. And so people were reviewing the um, the books and records and the P&Ls on this company to say, we think that this is how much it's worth. And that's how they kind of figure out how to price the offering then. Well, when you're the only company with the permission, and that's what it comes down to, right? Like somebody knows somebody. Like, how did this one company get the permission to grow cannabis for research? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a KPI Who's situation. Who's on your board? Is it John Boehner again? I wonder if it's Boehner, you know? Exactly, though. I mean, it's all who you know for the most part. And that's why it's so frustrating. We're, you know, we're like the Morak right now. Like the recent, like, if it gets, today would be a good day for Schumer to put it on the Senate uh, floor. But, you know, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, but, he's not going to do it. There's just no way he's going to do it on the Senate floor today. Where you know uh, any day, but you know that's also a good day for to freelance uh, glory. Great day to freelance glory. Let all the let all the cannabis prisoners out a day. Hey, if you guys think it's a great day to let uh, all the cannabis prisoners out, smash them likes and then tag somebody who uh, got arrested for weed and tell them, hey, you're probably social equity in a jurisdiction. Uh, and then remember, we are on podcast verse, uh, which basically means you can download our podcast from somewhere. Uh, should we do some international news? We got a time to tuck that in with the yeah. seven minutes before four twenty. I think <sighs> we do. Yeah, I'm gonna let you do the uh, the international news, man. But let's see here. It's a pretty interesting story. It's uh, it's international, man. All right. Zimbabwe, I switched to cannabis as tobacco demand seen warrant waning. Uh, I, I've seen this before, you know, parts of uh, 
different parts of Africa are turning to cannabis when it comes to a, a source product. Uh, Zimbabwe's tacko, tobacco industry is looking to cannabis as a major revenue source with anti-tobacco sentiment expected to dampen demand for one of the country's biggest exports. I did not know that. I did not know that tobacco was a export of Zimbabwe. Yeah. You learn stuff when you tune into cannabis legalization news. And also, this is out of Bloomberg. You tend to learn things uh, from yeah. Bloomberg. Well, you know, and then uh, I got friends here. Uh, Jonah Tacoma, uh, he started Dab Stars. Uh, he's posting that he's doing business in South Africa. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, hemp coming out of here. Delta 8, you know, for mm -hmm. your edibles and whatnot. So, uh you know, good on these companies, these southern nations to to recognize, hey, here's an opportunity. You know, it's not the pure, scary plant that they're all, you know, <laughs> meant to. It's meant yeah, to be. well, they love scaring people, especially when they can scare people over the cannabinous plant, the cannabinous plant, the, the cannabis plant. Uh, they just they like to exploit people's um, naivety or their ignorance on the cannabis yes. plant against them. And then they like to say oogly boogly. It's gonna it's gonna hurt everybody. And then of course it doesn't. And the only thing that really happens is um, either an insular few people make a lot of money, or a lot of people have a chance to earn a decent living. Uh, and I support the more uh, top up. You know, so you're gonna you're gonna start with a lot of license holders like in New Mexico. And yeah. over the next five ten years, those license holders will get fewer and fewer as they merge. People will find out that this cannabis business isn't really what they they loved, and it's too much work, and they might want to sell out. Uh, a lot yeah. of people that get into the industry also are just trying to stabilize the business and then get into a flip and then a roll up where they can eventually have this, and they're on a cap table with four hundred and twenty four other people, and suddenly they get listed on the stock exchange with a, a valuation of over a billion bucks, and then they're big time. Yeah, yeah. And Some you people have money. And you <laughs> stuff it in your ears, and you don't have to listen to anybody again. <laughs> but you know, this this plant's so amazing. Whereas it, it can do that. It can, uh, nice. Yeah. But it, it can give a, an individual, like say, New Jersey weed man, who only had five hundred dollars when he showed up to California. Now yeah. he's got a goddamn million dollar empire. You know, and some people walk away uh, from. Uh, you know, after they make enough money, you know that some people do, and and, and don't worry about it. And other people, like you said, want to be the MSO, want to be McDonald's. They have bigger aspirations. They want to create that generational wealth, opposed to you know the at the moment wealth, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what else we got going? Oh, we got a little. Well, there's a little bit more on this. Oh. Did you know that tobacco earned 819 million in revenue for Zimbabwe last year? I didn't know that. Wow. And then uh, the board has 145,000 registered tobacco growers who started selling this year's crap at auctions last week. And so there you go. Farmers I are being encouraged to plant weed so that a quarter of their income comes from the plant by 2025. I hope more industrial plant growth is done, though. You know, we need more concrete, more uh, cotton replacement, more tree replacements versus uh, CBGs and CBNs and CBT. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's people grow it with the intent. Either it's going to be industrial or it's going to be uh, in your lotion. Yep. Country exported 30 tons of industrial hemp to Switzerland last year. Switzerland. Can you believe that? And the group yeah. is partnering with Tobacco Board to facilitate the smooth transition to cannabis for commercial purposes. What a time to be alive. Africa is growing weed and exporting it to Switzerland. Well, and I imagine to, uh, cannabis would be a good replacement, right? Just like wine, if you can grow good tobacco there. I believe uh, Kentucky or Tennessee, you know, there were, there were Kentucky or um, tobacco places that grew cannabis in the early days. You know, mm -hmm. the, the hemp for victory days. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's where it's at. We really made some mistakes by not developing that science so that our plastics could already be biodegradable. Uh, they already could be. If we hadn't brutally criminalized this plant for the past 80 years and really would have done the science. So like industrial hemp, this is really like its first crop year that you're going to have the USDA regs in place and only its fourth year that it's been legal. Like, you know, in, in yeah. eight years from its pilot program, if you would have like, 1937, so or 19, what was it? It was, it was during World War II. So like yeah. 1942 or 1941, the hemp for victory uh, movie would we should find out exactly what year that was and then do a history. I wonder our yeah. history segments about that. But, you know, all of that research, all that science, all those building materials, all those plastics and, and biofuels, gone. Never Fuel. Had them. Yeah. Fuel. I mean, 
You know, that's the one thing that really keeps us going. You know, it could be a, a great replacement. You know, then that's the problem, right? This plant's so goddamn amazing that people who, for lack of a better word, are you familiar with the word normies? Normies, yeah. Breeders, you know, too. Yeah. And so, like, you know, we have to just get the rest of the nation on board and be like, hey, it's still a plant. It's just a plant. <laughs> just a plant, man. Still just a plant. No matter what somebody is trying to tell you to scare you, it is still just a plant. It is, you know, it's 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 not a magical plant. I know that's the thing. It could be food, it can be fiber, it can be um, a fuel source, it could be building materials, it could be medicine. Uh oh, uh oh, I uh, did not. Sometimes I do this when I go on the show. Hey, uh, hit the 420 somewhere. I'm going to put on Do Not Disturb. All right, yeah. Find it. <laughs> I got it for you. I got it for you. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can find us on the Google News. Go ahead and follow us over there, Canvas Legalization News. And then, of course, take us with you on your podcasts. Uh, and so we're up to 42 ratings. Again, you're supposed to rate it five stars and then do some mean tweets toward me and Miggy. Uh, because, you know, five stars means that it's it's like with all due respect, you could say that to somebody and then say whatever you want. And you're like, but I said with all due respect, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, wait. And I really do appreciate like all the people who support us and and, and, and give us stories and, and, you know, Jordan Discord or, hey, did I show you pictures of my new kids? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proud father. Oh, yeah, you need to show those pictures because those things look delicious. And it's also a really cool time for Miggy to tell a story about uh, a couple of girls that he uh, he belted into his seat. Right there. Home. Uh, you were able to purchase those at a medical market in Washington State, huh? Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, it's that's me. It's wrong one. <laughs> it's my right. Instagram skills. Uh, but yeah, so check this out. With the memes. But yeah, look at that. That's um, medical cannabis, huh? Yeah, and, and and that's a problem, man. Like I, there is no such thing. I mean, it's just a plant, right? It's not medical. Mm-hmm. It's not recreational. See, so check, so check out the clones. Oh, neat clones. Yeah. So the roots were really heavy, and then I put it in a pot, and uh, was really excited to get them home and hope things work out. But Me too. you know, that, that, that's the thing. So like, the 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 capitalist rich people fragility when it comes to like, uh, uh, I want it all. This is all my mm-hmm. control. I want it. I was talking to the guys. I was like, you know, I'd like to show people what true capitalism looks like in the markets and the the commodity and people. And he's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, we're still got the prohibition kind of uh, mentality because so the medical market has been squeezed and squeezed and squeezed out here in Washington. And at one point I thought the community was going to be pretty much squashed, but uh, it is not. There is a vibrant uh, patient community out there. That's great. Yeah, glad to hear that. You know, because uh, you want the the culture, and the patience, uh, and then the people who pr- appreciate the quality of the plant and love it and cultivate it. You want that to be perpetuated. If anything, you want that really infused in the uh, aspect of it. I mean, could you imagine if the only pizza that you could get is Domino's? Wouldn't oh that suck? God. You know, like those people don't love the stuff like as as much as some uh, like your your best your favorite place in New York City. Like, you know, that that pizza is just going to be substantially better than anything you can get at Domino's or Pizza Hut. Granted, I did live off of uh, cold Domino's and milk in college. So that was my. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, ramen. <laughs> but like Papa John's. Yeah. The, the quality that I experienced when I smoked this. And so like it is like it's like I got the Wagyu beef and cannabis by getting this medical. And, and, and for the price I paid. You know, in the in the recreational market, it would have been the Wagyu beef prices, whereas I got really good quality that is on point, and you just can tell the difference in, in the smoke. You know, even though it's not, they're not, there's no COA with them, there's no lab analysis. You could tell uh, whatever they fed it, however they purged it, uh, it was all the right things. Because as an asthmatic, when it goes down like oxygen, I'm like, oh my god, I haven't had this taste in forever. Oh man, I mean the high quality stuff is high quality stuff and that's really the only brand that I uh, subscribe to. And how how was the price then uh, per gram or per eighth for the medicine there? 
So I bought the the, the I went for the top shelf top shelf stuff, but the lower shelf was still a hundred dollars an ounce, and it still would have been better probably than everything on the recreational market. A hundred dollars an ounce—that's ridiculous. That's a sixteen hundred dollar yeah. retail price. I mean, sixteen hundred dollar retail price—that's half of the wholesale price in Illinois. You know? Well, we talked about there's four hundred dollar pounds in California and in Oregon. Parts of like Ed Rosenthal said that. You know, he's like mm-hmm. you know in the illicit market, in the traditional market, he's able to get those kind of pounds. But you know, and that's what the 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 the, 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 the effed up thing about these taxes, right? So like. You know, as much as the small guy that I, you know, I, I want to represent, you know, like with the Morac, you know, all these taxes, all that structure, it, it's still all fucked up, no matter how you look at it. When it comes to the farmer side of things, but man, getting that deschedule gone, that would just change the game for everybody here. You know, like no more arrests. You know, people getting freed. You know, if you want to get in the business at that point, sure, it's on you. Go get that big ass loan or do whatever. You know, but. Yeah, get your pro forma together, get your team together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's one of those, uh, the the market will set the number of the license limits. The municipality will set the number of the license limits. You know, just like uh, if a community doesn't want to allow another bar or liquor store, they don't have to issue the license. You know, exactly. it's not the state going, we're trying to control the supply of alcohol and liquor in the in the municipalities or in the in the state. You know, um, they're going to have the responsibility. They're going to have their laws and they're, you know, if you click it or ticket or, you know, over the line, you're feeling fine. No, that's clearly not it. It's they always make them rhyme and about how you're going to get arrested (laughs) if you break the law. You know, yeah. Yeah. if you smoke it, don't choke it. I don't know. But like smoke it, don't drive. Right. That doesn't (laughs) rhyme. I'm sorry. But like, you know, to me, this big picture about is the, the schedule, right? Like number one. We are so close to this opportunity, right? For the other bill, the caca bill or anything else, it just takes too right. much time. Like these guys who are losing time behind bars don't have any more time. And descheduling it would one, fix that wrongness and two, stop any more from happening. Now, it'd be another 15 years before it's like a, the, the recreational market, like for alcohol. You know, it's going to take time for that, the whole workout. So, but these guys don't have time that are behind bars. That's anyway. Well, that's all they got. It's time and they they shouldn't have that time because they're missing out on like life for something that is making uh, a very um, wealthy man wealthier. And and he doesn't even care about the culture. He just cares about the flip and being you know wealthy the day that they can file to go or they're going to stabilize it and they're going to flip it and they're going to get it into a roll up somewhere. That's fine. Nothing against making a, a good chunk of coin in this country. But will you let people out of jail for doing the same dang thing that you're making that chunk of coin on? Seriously. That's the thing. Prohibition, all it has done, it hasn't saved anybody. It's just punished successful people. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when medical, like Lance and Luke Scargamazzo, these guys had brick and mortar places that were you know, uh, raided. It's not like they were hiding and relocating it like a like a secret pop-up. Nah, they had a place where they were doing business and trying to abide by their state laws, you know. And you know, going into the next story about how uh, whether or let's, not let's do our bumper. Yeah. We got a new story, and then Miggy's going to lead off on this one. All right, from the entrepreneur, still unclear whether Biden would sign House-approved legalization bill, but more importantly, will Schumer? put it through. <laughs> so, uh, the White House has not clarified whether or not President Biden would sign the White House approved more act, which seeks to end federal cannabis prohibition. Uh, I saw the, uh, with the press secretary, Jim Pisesky, you know, she was very vague when she talked about it. Uh, during last week's remarks, Pisesky said, we look forward to working with Congress to achieve our shared goals and we'll continue having discussions with them about this objective. So, you know, nothing more, nothing less. Yep. Yep. But, and I don't know when they're going to you know, pull this Trump card. Uh, but I hope it's before Trump versus Biden too, uh, <laughs> old man boogaloo. But, uh, you know, why they haven't done it is ridiculous. And then if they lose the Senate in November, it's almost like, well, now it's not going to happen. And then people are like, oh, no, they'll vote for it. I'm like, did you see the more acts vote? What the it was completely a bipartisan vote, even though it's oh, a yeah. nonpartisan issue, everybody supports it. It was still a partisan vote. What's up with that, Congress? Come on. I mean, like, how do you vote against insulin? 
<laughs> you know, but right. I, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you, these people who stay with their blinders on and want to, like, again, again, why Schumer needs to, as the, 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 the head, he needs to accept it and put it in the calendar. So, you know, I, I hope people are putting pressure on Schumer to hear this goddamn thing because all he's saying is Schumer's just saying he's going to talk to the, uh, you know, he's working with Congress. But man, you already got a bill. There's already a bill that made it halfway through, you know, and right. like I said, that descheduling, you know, no more arrests, man. No more bad behavior with, pro, you know, with law enforcement. All right. Uh, and, and, you know, they can they could commute all the federal sentences first and then direct uh, the prosecutions to stop as they say, OK, like we're uh, we're going to enjoin the enforcement of that pending the, the passage of a legalization bill. You know, uh, Seriously, so at least you can stop arresting the people. And then, of course, in theory, Biden could then also direct his attorney general or whomever in the administration that he needs to to start the process of reclassifying it, you know, and, and descheduling yes. it, but then shunt it. And so it's like, first, stop and putting him in prison. Then we're going to figure out where it needs to go. And it's like, wait, another study? Yes, more studies. We need those. You know, why is why is this the only thing you guys study? You know, yeah. well, the Morax got incorporated into it, a bunch of funding for studies already. And then that's part of the thing, too. Right. As much as we always what about the children or they what about the children or they we need more mm -hmm. studies. Well, sometimes you can't have studies until the actual thing happens. Right. Like yeah. <clears throat> you can't see how much um, like you have these little incubators in all the individual states like Washington, Colorado. But federally, once you do it, you know, you're, again, you're going to see not all the kids want to smoke because mom and dad are doing it and it doesn't look cool anymore or whatever. Right. The tabooness. Yeah. Yeah. Because when mom and dad do it because they're old and they just, just shout this. Seriously. Oh, I hope we don't get uh, dinged for that because it was just a second. But still, I love that. I mean, it's uh, a meme. We'll own yeah, it. It's a meme. Ms. Lovejoy just out there crying. Won't somebody please think of the children? Hey, shout out to Cannabis420, a member of the channel. You know, real big shouts out to the members of the channel. I got to make the donation for this month because we posted a profit over at uh, Collateral Base last month. And, and and when that happens, we get to donate uh, to um, Freedom Grow, uh, however much we made on YouTube. And last month, I believe it was $200 because what we do is a federal crime. And so you're not allowed to monetize it. And you really don't grow that much. This is pretty much like the the, the best viewed show that we've had in uh, three six months, something like Holy that. Holy crap! Yeah. Two or three, yay! Yeah. Two or three, yeah. Like here, yeah. shares. Uh, so we got the other story. Uh, Wait a second, we got a bumper on that story. Just even uh, trending or what? Uh, no, no, no. That's we're still in the same one, and so we can go to the next story. Then let me just pull that up on marijuana moment. Marijuana Moment is another trending story. Uh, House passes bipartisan marijuana research bill to let scientists study dispensary products days after legalization vote. That came out uh, two days ago from Kyle Yeager. This was already a writer, though, too, in the um, one of the uh, the past budgets. Mm -hmm. So, like, they already had the ability. I think they're just, what is it, like, trying to create the infrastructure and how to do it, maybe? Yeah called the Medical Marijuana Research Act, sponsored by the unlikely duel of Earl Blumenauer, which is not unlikely. That guy is a real, legit OG um, evangelist for legalizing cannabis, doing what you can uh, in Congress to, to make sure that it becomes legal. But prohibitionist Representative Andy Harris, a Republican out of Maryland, probably in on a cap table in a Maryland license or in a, the early plannings of a Maryland license, that passed the House 343 to 75, which means about 72 more Republicans voted for this Medical Marijuana Research Act than voted for the Moore Act. Cannabis just posted uh, in funny story. He's posted to relinquish uh, the 663507. That's off patent. Remember? Yeah, I was going to say, we, we did a live the day it expired. We just happened to Google it. It was like, all right, the patent expires. So really, it's open up for game. It's not a... Yeah owned by the uh, uh, Institute of Health. Well, that weed of yours is generic. That's right. It's generic weed. It's all generic. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's go over his tweet. Earl Blumenauer tweeted, yeah. 
Tonight, the House votes on my Medical Marijuana Research Act to study health benefits ooh, and state legal cannabis products. Absent a framework, research is outsourced to other countries, a missed opportunity for the industry and millions of Americans who consume cannabis products. There you go. Um, he isn't lying, but this is some of the first benefit studies that have ever been done. They've always been, I want to find the smoking gun harm of insert false yeah narrative that you are trying to prove but you know and i think too it's a matter of time as as a consumer gets more educated as as more of these things happen like this study you know you know eventually like people have said we're going to get away from names right it's going to be no more blue dream or ass crack or whatever it was it's going to be profiles you know here's your terpenes along with your cabinoids once people you know really care about that kind of thing but uh, uh you know i think this is going to be a great move to prove that certain profiles do help, whether it be sleep like lavender or healing. You know, uh, I know for my asthma, it helps me. You know, when I get the right strain, it really makes me uh, breathe a lot better. So, you know. Yeah, but you can't. Our name, that strain that we're going to be playing here, maybe even after this news story. So you're not going to want to go away. Um, those strains, they have land races, they have areas in the world that they're from. And so I just don't know how you get away from like names of strains that don't reflect the parents' lineage. Uh, now, I think they're going to be much better at taking those strains and saying, these are good qualities for these conditions. Well, people say it's reported because you're not allowed to make any claims. Uh, and then it might be because these particular cultivars have these, uh, uh, you know, cannabinoid and terpenoid profiles. Do you think also, too, maybe they need to do a bigger study on the endocannabinoid system, right? To, to understand how those cannabinoids are affecting our body as it is, right? Because, like, mother's milk has it. Uh, you know, you naturally have it in your system. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the results and how they do it, go about it, what they ask. That's right. And so with that, I think we should play a little bit of Name That Strain. There's the strain that we're going to be naming. Uh, it is not a land race, but it is a classic. This has got to be a strain that's made easily over a billion dollars in sales since it arose um, approximately 30 years ago. It looks so fluffy. I got like a nice little, just a little nugget. Like, you know, when you when you crack it open. It's going to start falling apart on you. Perfect mm -hmm. for like packing a bowl in. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it looks, I don't really see much, if any. I don't see any uh, hint of purple on there. Really, really quick oh, one. Oh, shit. Quick one. Dank Runner <laughs> nails it from way downtown. OG wow. And so uh, we kind of have like a double for you. It was a name that strain that goes quickly into our uh, our history. Uh, segment so let's get the history segment up and ready to cut right about now did you know that that right there is a historical strain called uh, og kush this og kush story goes way back way back till uh, who knows maybe i don't have the uh, the notes up anymore the story OG Kush goes begins in the Hindu Kush mountains, located in northeast Afghanistan, the place where the best hash in the world comes from. During the 60s and 70s, many adventurous hippies crossed the country on their way to India and discovered many local marijuana genetics grown using nothing but traditional methods. The taste and aromas of those flowers had nothing to do with what they've seen so far. They offered a completely different spectrum. So from the 60s to the late 80s, travelers didn't stop bringing in seeds of the newly discovered amazing plant. Uh, by the end of the 70s, growers had become aware of many advantages offered by Afghan genetics to those willing to grow outdoors during the Prohibition era. Uh, mm -hmm. Small size, fast growth, and bigger resin glands. Huh, I didn't know that. Crossing them with their own local strains led to extraordinary results, and it was the beginning of a new era, an era full of thick, spicy, and potent flowers. Yep. I got a whole bag right here, dude. This shit's so loud. I think oh, people good. in my building are fucking going, hey, someone yeah. brought weed oh. to work. Kwayoji Kush originated in the Prohibition era. In the 1990s, a grower living in Florida named Matt Bubba Berger, maybe also famous for Bubba Kush, we'll uh, speculate, created a strain using a northern lights cut that he would later call Bubba. Well, there you go. 
uh, as his granny used to call him. Berger was already uh, famous for the development of another cannabis legend, Kryptonite, powerful strain nicknamed Crippy or Supernaut. According to legend, Crippy turned into Kush after one of Berger's friends started to call it Kushberries because of its dense, colorful, and round nuggets. I've seen these before. They're quite they're gorgeous. I have some, and they're, they're delicious as well. The name was a sheer coincidence, for he had no knowledge of how strongly influenced this variety was by the strains that came from the Hindu Kush mountains. I love weed. Yeah, it is really cool. Weed <laughs> is really cool. And so there you go. And it had to do with a Matt Bubba Burger. Uh, you created a strain that he crossed from Northern Lights, and his uh, other one is Kryptonite, which was called Crip or Supernaut. And so that became a uh, OG Kush. For years, this Kush was one of the most precious secrets in the cannabis community of Florida. It arrives in L.A. in the hands of man Buchaner of modern Kush OG genetics and Josh D. And it really took off. Despite OG Kush not being the easiest plant to grow, super sensitive light, newts and plagues and prone to producing seeds and male flowers when under stress. Josh D. figured out how to make the most of her. And then there's all sorts of famous hybrids through most variants, you know, Pre-98 Bubba Kush, Purple Kush, Raspberry Kush, Larry OG, San Fernando Valley OG, Sapphire OG. They got a lot of OGs in this cannabis thing. Man, growing weed's not hard, but growing good weed is. Like, the fact that that thing can seed, oh, I can imagine, like, an accidental stress. You know, I'm, I'm hoping my girls don't turn into boys. Or if they do, it's just one little area. So you get some <laughs> seeds. You're like, hey, I self-pollinated. Sure you did, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm pretty sure there were clones too, so it'll be all right. Right. So we got well, that was up. that was nice. I'm glad that we were able to get um, into the uh, the OG Kush and make sure that I mean, like, it doesn't really surprise me that somebody guessed it within four and a half seconds. That was pretty uh, pretty cool of them to have done. You know? Oh, for sure. So we're gonna do the uh, shit I was not expecting. Hey, you want to hit that bumper? Let me do that. Hey, it's Cannabis Legalization News. Miggy and I are here uh, to talk about some shit we did not see coming. Hey, uh, and here it is. Here's here's the uh, story. It's okay for Rastafarians to smoke weed to meditate. An Italian court has said this. Damn. So a 30-year-old was arrested in May of 2016 after police found 8 grams of cannabis in his pocket and further 50 grams during a search of his home. All right. So we're, we're about two ounces, yeah. which is under possession limits in numerous states like uh, Colorado or New York. Oh, yeah. Uh, Italian court. So he has a man. meditation room at his home where he listens to Rasta music on a record player because, you know, he's really authentic like that uh, while smoking weed. And so a prosecutor had called for four months in prison. But his lawyer, Luca Bruno, that's a great name for a lawyer, uh, argued that marijuana is regarded as sacred herb within the Rastafarian religion. And I'm so glad that that's finally worked somewhere, you know? Seriously, since there's a guy in Texas serving time who was going through from Oregon to Florida to see his mom or something. Mm -hmm. And he was Rastafarian. And he got stopped in Texas and still behind bars, I believe. Rastafarians believe that the marijuana plant has holy powers and it is used during meditation sessions to enhance a sense of unity and spirituality. A short prayer is usually recited prior to it being smoked. I mean, why can't I believe in a plant when people believe that they're going to take over a planet when they die? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's the the big leap here? You know, cannabis is medicine. Cannabis does uh, like you. (laughs) It's part of you. It's a uh, a benefit you know there's so many goodness things about it you know of course we gotta look for studies they're bad but how to always find the studies showing the harms no benefits will be studied but why can't i believe in it what's what's the leap opposed to like magic underwear i don't know i'm just saying <laughs> yep yep i tell you what it is something else Something else, but I'm just gra- glad that uh, although it lacks legal recognition, Rastafari, which was originated in Jamaica in the 1930s, is classified as a both a new religious movement and a social movement. Uh, so that must be in Italy. Uh, I think it's an actual religion in the United States. It's just that they've never really been able to use the the product uh, without the man saying no. 
And like, I, I haven't seen any legal challenge like this. Like the peyote with the Indians, I've seen that one be successful, but I've never seen the Rastafarians with weed being successful in, in the United States, at least. No, never. No, I've never seen any religious defense uh, win. And I can point to multiple that happened throughout the years with cannabis, too, especially. Not just like Rastafarian, but uh, there was this uh, Dan Quill, I think what his name was, or um, and his wife. But they were like these new light people, you know, that had a place and grew and he was a vet and that's what they believed in. That's, you know, that's where my frustration is. Like, they weren't harming anybody. Just like the, the people at the Rainbow Farm in, in Michigan back in the day. It's like all these big, horrible moments that happened in cannabis history. No one was harming anybody except for themselves, technically. You know, there was never, you know, like Eddie Lepp's raid. All these raids. Mm -hmm. Where are the victims? But the person getting raided. Yep. The person getting raided was the victim. Really does suck. But I'm glad that the Rastafarians have been able to get out there and, you know, open for business to a certain extent. Yeah. They got a precedent now. So, uh, you know, good on you in Italy. Shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're decent All right, yeah, we've uh, kind of gone through that. Uh, I'm going to do some. Uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the cannabis business. Why not? What's up, everybody? Cannabis industry lawyer Tom Howard here with a little bit of cannabis business stuff. This is an industry, and if you've been in it, you know, thumbs up, subscribes, congratulations. Uh, good luck in there. Uh, and you're going to want your contracts to be, uh, you need teeth. Uh, and so there's going to be a lot of things said to you. People will talk and talk and talk and say things and make promises. And then what do you do? Well, you always try to get it in writing right thereafter. So after you've hung up the phone with the, the investor that's going to totally help you make on this deal, great. Send him an email and confirm all the tenets of which he's just said. See if you get an email back. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But uh, you're always trying to uh, not just be led a whole bunch of smoke. And one way to do that is to try to confirm it in writing. Uh, and if you're not going to get it in writing, probably should kind of read the tea leaves on that as might have been all talk, all hat, you know, nothing really there. Hmm. Uh, but then the other thing is, as you get toward that being in writing, one of the elements that you should put in that contract is called an integration clause. And that will operate that all these other things that people will say to get you to sign things, to get you to move forward and do something. Those aren't actual terms in the deal that you now have, because this integration clause will be like, there are no oral modifications. Anything that we are going to have is in this contract now. And we have to agree in writing to make any material changes. Hence, why you follow up with those emails later after something's gone wrong on this contract, uh, you're trying to create new evidence. That's some uh, out of cannabis business information for you. And if you want more of it, of course, go on over to CannabisIndustryLawyer.com and uh, you know, fill out the form or give us a call. There's a, there's a phone number that you can go to there as well. So in a buildup, those emails, are, there, are they legally binding documents where like in the conversation, I say, hey, this is my requirements. This is the one I meet. And then they reply back with just a simple yes. Then all of a sudden that's obligation to what I required, right? Not necessarily, but okay. it depends. You see, are you operating as a business record or are you operating as a personal call? And so somewhere along the line, you are not acting as you. You are acting as a member or a shareholder that has duties, obligations uh, to the best interest of the company. And then that means that that is can be a business record, which would be admissible as evidence. Uh, now, of course, they are going to discovery and litigation is a very fun dance that's expensive and nobody really understands unless they're a litigator. Uh, a, either way, you know, I, I'll do more litigation ones of these where we'll explain aspects of litigation, like how long have you been su suing? Where are you in that process? Um, but, you know, this is just one of those it's not in writing and somebody said something and you want to like get that in writing as quickly as you can you know sure so no pinky yep. promises uh, there are no pinky promises in this industry and the handshakes are not worth the person you're shaking hands with but um it's it's a fast moving industry that's quickly becoming legal uh, especially in uh new mexico yeah yeah no and and, and again this is the part of regulation that 
the part of uh, uh, legalization that you know nobody really wants to talk about because it gets kind of dirty in the background with business wise when it comes to like any business, whether I open yeah. a restaurant or uh, th there's going to be legal protections and and different securities involved. Mm -hmm. Any business, but then especially when the the profit motive is as real as it is in uh, you know cannabis, and now somebody's calling me again. I tell yeah. you, I thought I was. Uh, uh, when is this one? Okay, if I hit X on that, leave it, leave it. Okay, good. Oh, that's the problem. I have a Google phone, I have a regular phone. I'm on Do Not Disturb, but Google isn't. So anyway, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to all the people that like to tune in, uh, and then our listeners uh, on the podcast, and then also the members of the channel that, that hang out with us and then you know, talk in the comments on the live feed and play little games with us. You know, really do appreciate that. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know, shout out to all the members. Miggy, you got anything else? No, just, uh, you know, again, you know, uh, hanging with us and, and we appreciate yeah. you. And check out the, the Facebook group, uh, uh, Free yeah. THC. You know, I've been trying to, you know, keep it light and bring a smile when we can. And at the same time, we bring information. You know, uh, Tom's got a real business out of this. I'm just a guy who wants to help spread the word until I can make a business or something out of this. Who knows? Well, you know, depending on how revenues do, we'll figure something out in post. But I'm just glad that you have a, a good job that allows you to be an activist because sometimes, and I've had jobs where you're not allowed to be an activist, you could lose your job. Well, uh, and I don't like yeah. how the industry like that, you know? Well, the, the, the industry, the, the, the stigma, you know, I've worked very hard to like be in a position now. Don't 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 get me wrong. I'm get scared shitless every other day sometimes because yeah, you, that can get fired for speaking up. Like this is the this is why it matters. You know, this is why I do it because you know automatically I'm the bad guy. You know, I'm like there's plenty of other reasons to not like me, but my cannabis consumption is not one of them. Not a wow. reason to put me behind bars. Not a reason to to, to not invite me to your barbecue. No, yeah, that's right. You being a vegan is a reason to not invite you to the barbecue. But right. other than that, and I know you're not a vegan. I mean, we've hung out. But anyway, dude, dude uh, thanks for spending some time going over the news. And thanks for the guys at 205 that have tuned in. Uh, members get in the credits. We'll see you next time. Later. Sometimes I miss the uh, the trains were over to that because <laughs> like you get you get very there's so many overlays that we have. I'm just gonna go hot box here in a minute. <laughs> nice.